Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> They're like, what's Prince Harold? He's a kid of free type. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, hairwise, yes. <laughs> Any other way, no. <laughs> what is everybody? Welcome to the DBA show. Let's go. <laughs> That's all right. So, so today, Tuesday off day. That has been off for a couple days, but I'm telling you, fellas. I am pumped for today's show. Oh, that's good. As I was doing my own research and preparation for it, I started coming across some stuff where I was like, man, this will be fun to talk about. <laughs> I kind of like this. Some comps. I came up with some comps for Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, and Julian Strother that we're going to discuss. Now, I don't love it just because I think these comps are great. Like, hey, this or that. I like com- the guys we're going to compare them to and say, are they on this trajectory? Mm. That's what I think is going to make for a really good discussion. Now that we've gotten a bigger sample size out of Strother and Peyton Watson, I think we can talk about those guys in particular. Christian Brown even a little bit. Like, you know, we, I don't think we've learned too much new about him. But still, a lot of meat on the bone. You gentlemen were at practice today. We have a latest report on Jamal Murray. And then, of course, the in-season tournament happened last night. Absolute banger. I've been buzzing since last night. That tournament, like watching good basketball, picks you up. Yeah, league's in a tough spot, though. You know what I mean? They just they can't have the Pacers in the finals. They I can't know. have it. What yeah. would that do? It's well, not going to be a success unless it's Lakers Knicks. Yeah. So true. Then it would be a huge success. Yeah. Then it's a hit. Then it's a hit. If man. not, got to go back to the <laughs> yeah. drawing board. You have the in-season tournament. It better reflect, you know. The other tournament yeah. better reflect the league as it already is. Right. Just major market. <laughs> you know, major the, the Knicks are such a central pillar of the NBA in 2023 that bing bong baby. Every every competition has to. It's it just better if they're featured. <laughs> like it's better when RJ Barrett is on our television screen. Yeah, it's just better. Um, I I'll tell you this because we're joking about it. Um, I am starting to get of the opinion where I hope the NBA becomes less popular. <laughs> I would not mind if it was the MLS. And it's like, well, it's for we me. Wouldn't I wouldn't be doing this show right now else. if that was the case. So That's that true. wouldn't be great. That but... part would suck a little bit, but I'm just done with this. Like, <laughs> Probably have to find a new career. We need um... the ratings to be so good. We need it. I'm like, I don't know. The league's fine. I don't care. Uh, we're going to debate all these things, though, today on the show. I got Brennan Vote in the house. You never know what kind of work day it's going to be. Like, where is your energy at? <laughs> and then more importantly, where is Adam's energy at? And when he tells you, when the first thing you hear is, I'm really excited about today's show. You're like, I, I guess I better turn it up better 20%. Turn it up, baby. I better find the find dial it. inside and just crank it. Yeah, yeah. Chug that water over uh-huh. here. Uh, man with the wind in his hair. Harrison Wind. To that point, I don't think we're going to go short today. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have a nice, full, 60-minute, four-segment show. I think we might have a long show today. There's there's definitely a chance. Um, they're making a joke that I used to say, we might go short today, guys. We always would go long. We'd We've never, never run, I don't never know once. in this history of this, this show ever gone short. Yeah, I don't know if we ever have. All right, well, because of that, why don't we get right into it? And let's start first with some notes from practice today, Wind. What happened? The first note I've got on my list of practice notes is Nicole Jokic got a haircut. Oh, you know what that means? <laughs> Look out, Clippers! <laughs> that means people are going to pretend Yoke's going to have a different yeah. game than usual. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it, guys. That's, yeah. a, that's a pre-title little yeah, that is, yeah. cultural so leg for I us. Think, I think social media is over it a little bit, too, because I posted it. Didn't get quite the engagement it usually does. <laughs> you know what? turns out people get haircuts. Sometimes. People yeah. just get haircuts sometimes. He is should. actually the only player we've ever talked about. <laughs> it's so true. 
regarding their haircut. No, that's not true, actually. Remember Aaron Gordon for a while? We were tracking Fro versus Corner. Yeah, but, right. but I mean just like actual <laughs> cut. Right. Like yeah, not yeah. changing hairstyle. Right. Yeah. Because changing hairstyle, cut. yes, a very prevalent topic on this show. Yeah. Haircuts, we've never talked about anybody but, in the league getting a haircut other than Jokic. Did you guys, somehow this happened this last week, and I didn't even notice this, but last night Tyrese Halliburton joined Nikola Jokic as one of nine or eight players or nine players to ever get. I can't even remember what the mark was. It was like weird kind of it mile was markers. 30, was it? 15, 15. So 26, 10, and 13. With zero turnovers, yeah. And Jokic did it twice in the last week. So it's happened, I think, eight times now in the history of the NBA. Three were this week. Yeah. (laughs) Two from Jokic. What? Is that not the weirdest that you've ever... That is bizarre. The league has been tracking turnovers for like 40 years now, 45 years. I I also couldn't believe... They were saying that's Tyrese Halliburton's first career triple-double. So and the first time he's played on TNT. I think we just did these in the order of most shocking, to be yes. honest. Yeah, one, <laughs> first two, triple three. Double. And then the fact that he's never been on TNT, he's well, easily he top. If he played on the Knicks, he might be have been oh, on there a hundred times already. Honestly, this, I'm not even kidding. This was, like, for me, line 1A in the appeal of the tournament. Tyrese yeah. Halliburton is a legitimate stud. He's fun to watch. And a lot of people... Might not, because he's on the Pacers, and apparently he's never been on TNT before. Put a pin in it. I want to get back to that, because there's some interesting Pacer stuff. Michael Malone says his biggest concern with the team is their defense right now. They're (laughs) 4-1 in their last five games, but 20-something defensively, and our three-point defense has been bad as well. We should go as a company to Build-A-Bear and make a Michael Malone doll. And you pull it, and it has like five things. Yeah. Like, I'm concerned about the defense. Shootout at the OK Corral. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just says five or six we things. Should, we I'm, should do that and just give it to him at the end of the year. <laughs> It'd be like, I would have guessed he's concerned about the defense. Yeah. I have, we're going to do a presser in about a month. He's going to be like, I'm concerned about our defense. Yeah. I mean, every presser last year, that was his concern. Yeah. Jamal Murray update. He went through parts of practice today. Nuggets didn't do anything live. They didn't do any, like, five-on-five contact or anything. Um, but the the message is that he could play tomorrow against the Clippers. I don't know if he'll play, but it's on the table. He will travel. They'll see. I bet he's listed as questionable. So I watched the presser. I, my takeaway after watching it is I thought he was a lock to play tomorrow, and now I don't think he's a lock. Maybe because after Malone said that, he immediately started praising Reggie Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean... And um, Reggie's also been good. Yeah. He just was talking about, you know, Reggie's efficiency in the pick and roll with Nicola and DeAndre Jordan, his efficiency shooting the ball. And I kind of think that with how well Reggie Jackson's playing, I think that makes the Nuggets less. uh, There's less pressure on like Jamal Murray to come back. That's how I interpreted that as well. Yeah. He could play. We're not going to rush it. And if he doesn't, it's not as a disaster because look at how well Reggie's playing. I like when Malone tells us, you guys should look at his numbers. You're like, yeah, man, we have. <laughs> That's kind of our job. Yeah. I know yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, he is playing well. Yeah. I also, like, nobody's noticed Reggie's play. Has he? I got to look at the numbers. Bro, we named one of the greatest regular right. season wins after him. <laughs> Malone's like, I thought it's he called really, the bailout. Really stood out in that Clippers game. Yeah, like, yeah I, caught, I caught that. Next he's gonna Did be you like, guys watch that Clippers game? <laughs> I don't know if anybody's paying attention that to what Nikola Jokic is doing game. right now, but it's been very good. I like that one, too. Uh, all right, what else? Uh, Michael Malone was talking about Peyton Watson, and I asked him about what did what did it show him about P-Watt, about how he bounced back after, you know, like Malone challenged him after that Rockets game. He challenged the bench after the Rockets game, and he said Peyton wants to be great. He wants to be coached hard. He wants to be held accountable. You know, young players are going to have ups and downs. And his message to Peyton is, I'm never going to look at your percentages. It's just about the energy and the effort you're giving every single game. Are you running in transition? Are you hustling? Are you getting on the glass? Uh, And then he talked about going from guarding Kevin Durant to De'Aaron Fox, two totally different players. It shows you his versatility. I love it. And then finally, Michael Malone was talking about Christian Brown. And he says he apologized to Christian Brown. Uh, he said to Christian Brown, look, you're not a backup point guard, but we're playing you there right now. And, you know, you're not a backup one, but you're doing right. a hell of a job. Uh, Christian Brown hasn't complained. He's doing a good job. He spent a lot of time this summer working on his handle, Malone said, and being a secondary ball handler. 
And Malone even said, look, we're a ball movement team. Sometimes we don't need a true traditional point guard on the floor, but he's happy with the job Christian's doing. So I made this, by the way, everybody, we've been doing these roundtables every week for diehards only. If you're not a diehard, you, you're missing out on DNVR content that's been really good every week, sometimes twice a week. And one of the things in there was about, you know, a question about who is Jamal Murray's return, which now is funny because maybe it's not actually happening, but who would it benefit the most? Um, I don't want to give away my answers because I want people to go and read those, but I did have a note in there about Christian Brown has playing point. He is not a point guard. But I think it's actually great for him to be forced to play this just as an experiment. It's making him, he is a secondary creator. Right now, he's not even that. But for him, this is like double do duty. When you're running on ball, you're getting like twice or three times the reps of handling the ball, which I think will serve him. So I actually love that this has been an experiment, even if the end goal is not to get Christian up to snuff to be a point guard. It's just yeah. extra ball handling duties. You know, it's funny about it to me is Bruce Brown was kind of a point guard by default. And yeah. He could handle the ball and not a lot of guys on that roster could but i don't think any of us were really super bullish on his point guard abilities no it was just that he he could bust it out which helped the versatility in terms of what lineups you could put him in maybe not a bad goal for christian brown like yeah you're never going to be a true backup point guard but if you are supposed to you know fill bruce brown's shoes a little bit of that uh can't hurt and i actually think he's gotten better at it we've seen little little blips of improvement no he's question about there's better. been there's been improvement there no question we spoke with Julian Strother as well at practice today. He was talking about how DeAndre Jordan has been such a great vet for him. He sits on the bench next to DeAndre Jordan a lot during games. It's like a PhD in basketball. Yeah, some people have said that. Uh, he says that DJ supports you, but also tells you what you're doing wrong. And some of the things that DeAndre Jordan tells him go right over Julian Strother's head. He said, like, I don't even notice some of the things he's telling me. So it's been a really good... Uh, experience for him soaking up that knowledge julian strother says peyton watson is fearless on defense he says it's a confidence uh it's about his confidence now he carries himself that makes him such a good defender he says that when peyton watson subs into games he immediately just goes and guards the best opposing offensive player without even michael malone having to tell him to so that's kind of his mindset on defense uh, julian strother says that uh He's never taken a Sombor shuffle because, quote, that's a ticket to the bench for me. <laughs> I love the idea of Julian taking a Sombor shuffle. 100% Malone's yeah. pulling his ass out of the game. Can Goes you imagine bench, if like Julian a busted out? A third out? quarter one, too. He's you just know? like, you know what? Let's try it. Malone's like, what? Yeah. Time out immediately. Rage timeout. <laughs> but he does say that he sees Jokic practice them all the time. Um... <laughs> He said the first time he took one, Jokic took one, he thought he was trolling. <laughs> Strother thought he was trolling, but then, you know, he watched it go in. Yeah. But also, Jokic's trolling. Jokic's trolling. I, 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 I'm just saying, he's like, what if I shot it on the right leg? This will piss people off. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most maddening shot to, like, get schooled on. Honestly, don't well, you feel? Yeah, because it... it creates the least separation <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah. he's like this is all i need and it looks it kind of looks dumb as hell and then you're like that but it's going in i mean there is a like a, you get a fall away jumper it's beautiful in your eye you tip your hat to the guy he shits that thing on you and you're like you son of a what, did, what are you doing to what me? did draymond call it that right footed joint yeah that right julian strother called it that um that little fade joint off the <laughs> wrong leg that's what he called it today yeah Katie asked him, do you know what the Sombor shuffle? He goes, that little fade joint off the wrong leg? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we spoke to KCP as well. Uh, his message to Peyton Watson has just been, just focus on defense. Don't even worry about offense. Be solid. Don't gamble. Play within the game. Plan. Uh, play hard. You can control your effort, so give it everything you got. And he said he thinks Peyton Watson can make Second team all defense. Second team all defense. This year? Uh, yeah, this year. I mean, he's got to play more minutes. He's playing. He's on pace for like a thousand minutes, which is really low. There, I don't think that's possible, but we'll see. He's talented enough, man. I, we're going to talk a lot of Peyton Watson today. Yeah. KCP was also asked about getting more foul calls. Nuggets are um, near the bottom of the league in free throw attempts. I think maybe close to last. Uh, last in free throw percentage as well. And he said, look, maybe we need to look, you know, to just draw contact instead of just trying to make the shot all the time. 
Uh, when we do get in there, we got to knock them down, though. Uh, we got to hit our free throws. And he also said, like, the way we move the ball, the way we play for each other might limit us getting into the paint and getting fouls. We produce a lot of wide-open jump shots. You know, that's part of our offense. That's part of Jokic ball. We just get a lot of wide-open jumpers. So we're not attacking the paint as much as most teams are. And, right. yeah, the Nuggets are last in drives per game. They've been last in drives per game uh, a couple times in the Jokic era. Yeah, it's true. That's my takeaway, too, me and KCP of the same mind. Yeah. Uh, Reggie and, and DeAndre came over to interrupt for a second. I think they really do just call KCP first team now. Like 100% of the time, they refer to him as first team. Strong messaging, strong branding. Hey, we should, strong we should, branding. We, we got to adopt it. Yeah, we should start calling Peyton Watson second team. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Second team. Um, those are good notes from practice other than the Jamal Murray one. If you were to bet right now, does he play tomorrow? I'll say yes. No. I kind of get the sense no, and it's such a bummer, man. Let's but. run the big government DeAndre Jordan pick and roll back against the Clippers. They I couldn't know. stop it once. It is true. I mean, I actually have enjoyed watching this version of the Nuggets. I can't be too bummed. Think about this. Would you rather... How great would it be to beat the Clippers again with Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan? I mean, it's just fun beating the Clippers every time. <laughs> I just kind of like every way you get it. But beating them with Reggie Jackson just makes yeah. it a little sweeter. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's take a quick break. On the other side, I do want to talk about that Pacers game just briefly before we start to get into the upsides of the Nuggets' as young players. We'll do that on the other side. Guys, if you are looking to go to Vegas, maybe you're going just you know for a guy's trip, couple's trip, for a sporting event, check out Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, it's Vegas' first ever adult-only casino. They got the world's largest sports book as well restaurants all around just an awesome experience at circa and their sports book is the place to be there's nowhere else in vegas i would rather there might be nowhere else in the world i would rather watch a sporting event than at circa sportsbook state-of-the-art everything comfortable chairs huge for massive massive tvs one of the best sports books i've ever been in no other place i'd rather watch a game so if you guys are heading to vegas Book your stay at Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, download their app as well, CircaSports.com. And if you're looking for some place to stay, use code DNVR20 for 20% off your stay at Circa Resort and Casino. DNVR20, 20% off. Shady Rays is awesome because sometimes you need sunglasses. And every time you need sunglasses you probably don't want to pay too much for them they're easy to lose they're easy to break and you shouldn't have to break the bank to look awesome feel great and in fact with shady rays you can do both of those things you can shop with no risk at all if you don't like them you can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days there's no risk when you shop their team always has your back Shady Rays is giving up their best yield of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code DNVR for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Are we on the right appropriate reads here? No. Nope. Nope. Did you guys both do the wrong ones? Yes. Then we're good. Then so we're we'll good. just commit to that. That's <laughs> all right. right. You, guys are, you guys got it. Um, all right. We're back here at segment two. Guys, last night's game... With the Pacers, actually, both games I thought were great. The Pelicans, I'm telling you, we I, 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 we don't have time to talk about them. The Pelicans at their best are so freaking good. They are the most bipolar team in the NBA. They're two different teams, the good version and the bad. But when they're good, I was thinking about this, and we'll get to it here as we start to do comps. David Griffin, Calvin Booth, same vision of what role players should look like. And they have some. Uh, they're a couple years ahead in a lot of ways of what Denver's young role players are. They they kind of have one of each. I could, we're comping them. There's one player on the Pelicans for each of the guys that we're going to comp to. And there's just so much length, so much wings, uh, so much smart, older rookies. You know, all those things they have them. And as a result, that team can go into Sacramento, a tough place to win, and not just win, but kind of dominate the whole game. They controlled that whole game. Were you as impressed with me about what the Pelicans others do? Because Zion wasn't good. Pelicans have great role players, man. They have the role players you want when you're a contending team. Who are your favorites? My favorite of their role players is probably Herb Jones. Yeah. 
Love Honestly, Herb you could Jones. pick like four, five, three or four different guys could, could yeah. win this because Trey Murphy is an incredible role player. Uh, Dyson Daniels is an incredible role player. A lot of overlap in a good way in terms of yeah. like, there's just an army of three and D guys, yeah. you know? But they're different types of defenders. This is the thing about the Nuggets is you look yeah. at their defenders and you're like, they're designed to guard different types of players. Yeah, it's the yeah, same over right. there. They just have one for everything. Yeah. I love their role players. I hate their stars, though. I yeah. mean, this is why I'll just never be a believer in the Pelicans. How could you ever trust Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson in a playoff series? How could you, man? They're not killers. They're not dogs. They're not 16-game <laughs> players. Zion looks so huge. <laughs> he looks bigger than They normal. might be three-game players. They might win the in-season tournament. But those two stars have a lot to prove still before... You trust them to carry you to win a playoff series. Do but I, I trust their role players, though. Do any two stars have less of a two-man game? Like, do they do anything together <laughs> or off of each other? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you asked your own question I for that one, that. didn't you? No, but, but the thing about these guys is they're sometimes they, either one of them looks better with the other one off the floor. Yeah. And it's, so there's, you know, like, you want... They don't really have that... that dynamic on the floor together or that kind of chemistry and and i think it goes a long way but the reason why people have been high on this team for years is that the roster itself is great yeah. there's just some the more you and like not stuff i can even like report or whatever it's just the more you talk to people in certain around certain teams you get some idea of the direction they're headed in and the pelicans i do think there's a little bit of like they they're still trying to get these two guys to commit um and and without that, it's hard to really trust yeah. trust what they have going on. I think the Pelicans have upset potential in the playoffs, and they're in the zone where they could play Denver in a first-round type thing. So that's just something to look at. To me, of all the that's bad... That's a sweep, bro. Well, I mean, a little, Denver should beat everybody, right? And especially <laughs> these lower... Yeah, but would you rather play them or the Houston Rockets? You don't care? You don't think there's a difference? I do. I think there's a real meaningful difference. Between the Pelicans and the Rockets? Yeah, like the Rockets uh, are... The Pelicans are better. Yeah, yeah, the Pelicans to me are like an elite level role players with bad stars, and that's tough. You have It's like the Pelicans to me are like the Timberwolves last year. They're they're tough to play, man. They're just a tough. Is Denver going to beat them in four, five, or six? In my opinion, yes. Mm. But I'd rather play a team where it's like, oh, that's not going to challenge them at all. So anyway, that's my only point with them. Um, but let's go to the other side, which was the Pacers and the Celtics game. I know Vote was enjoying this one. Oh, did they play last they, night? They had a game last night, and it went exactly to script if you are a Celtics doubter. They looked really good in some stretches. And then the fourth quarter came along, and they completely wilted down. And then if you were watching that game, and you didn't know anything about these teams, and you said, which one of these teams is like been through all the trials and tribulations and is hardened for experience and is tough, you would have been like, oh, clearly the Pacers, because that team faced pressure and just like punched and punched and punched. And the other team started shooting fallaway, fadeaway jumpers when <laughs> yeah, the game the was done. kind of swallowed them up. And they just looked like you were like, this is your fourth quarter offense? Sidestep three-pointer with a hand in the face? Like, what are you doing, Dawson? I don't want to talk about Boston, though, as much as it would be fun. I want they to didn't have Chris Stouts Porzingis. I, I do actually want to talk about the Pacers as well, yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about the Pacers here. And here's my number one thing. Well, actually, first I want to just say this part. The run they made to close this game was one of those runs that if you're a Pacers fan, you'll probably remember forever. The same way we remember the Wancho game or the seven or the yes. comeback against Memphis. Yes. Like a games that don't necessarily mean anything, even though this was in season tournament, but it means something when you're on the come up. Yes. They outdueled the Celtics in a big way. And more importantly, they were unafraid of the moment. Tyrese Halliburton is making the leap of a player that we watched Nikola Jokic make years ago. We've watched Jamal Murray make. Halliburton is making that, and last night was one of those ones that was like, oh, he's not only a great player, he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jason Tatum and out-clutch him and just be ready for the moment. And on top of that, Harrison, I'll throw to you, that crowd was so dead all game. I was actually so unimpressed. There was empty seats. But when they went on that run... That was one of those ones where you were like, oh, my God, these people are experiencing something they have not yet. And I just it took me back to all those Nuggets moments when we were in those same shoes. And it was like, hell, yeah, our yeah. team is actually next. That was what I took away. When um, do you remember when Jamal Murray had uh, 
what was it, 48 points against the Celtics? Did Kyrie Irving boot the basketball into the stands? And um, when Kyrie Irving threw the ball into the stands... Out of respect for the game. Yeah, out of respect and for the didn't game. let him have the game ball because he didn't deserve it after going for 50. Yeah. Out of respect. Yeah. yeah. What I remember about that game and the context around it was the Celtics were really good. Yeah. Celtics were like number one in the, the East. <laughs> they had Kyrie Irving. They had Jason Tatum. They uh, had kind of the same team they do now, but with Kyrie Irving. And the Nuggets, you know, they were this young upstart team that hadn't won the playoffs yet. They hadn't, nobody really knew who they were. But my biggest takeaway from that regular season game when Jamal Murray had 48 on Boston was that. He was not afraid or intimidated by the Celtics. He was not afraid or intimidated by this really good team with these established stars that was supposed to come into Denver and win. And the Nuggets all embodied Jamal's spirit in that game. They didn't play scared. They were the aggressor that whole game. And watching Tyrese Halliburton play last night, I felt like I was watching Jamal Murray in that 48-point game. Like Tyrese Halliburton wasn't scared. He was the aggressor. You know, he was trying to instigate things. He was getting in people's faces. Like that it's so important when you're a young player coming up like that to just be totally confident in your game and your team, no matter who you're playing and who the opponent is. That's what I saw from Halliburton, man. He had some of that Jamal Murray energy that just I don't really care who you are. I'm just gonna stick this three in your face. And we're going to celebrate. And th- that, that's what I loved watching last night. If you're on that team with Halliburton as a teammate, you're that much more confident in your guy, your best guy. And I think in each other, too. And Halliburton with them. And with the fans who, like, that was a moment. And you go, like, hey, do you want to see the Pacers next week? Like, yeah, I do. That was fun as hell. I think they're good. We got a guy. It's exactly what the tournament's for. It's exact. The Celtics are title contenders and almost everything they do this season is with that in mind um the pacers probably no one involved in that organization including the fans started this season thinking a title was realistic but why do you watch you know um a they're a fun team to watch but b like moments like these matter if you're going to win a title the way denver did it doesn't happen overnight and it's not just the ag trade and it's the kcp trade People talk about game 82 still around that organization. That was just a regular season game that they lost. So going through these moments um, together, figuring out how and why you win or lose in those moments together, and then also having these these moments of like, yo, I want I want to be a pacer, right? If you're Matherin or Halliburton, like you go through those moments together, you want to re-up on that stuff. And I, I, like, I think you can probably just be a Pelican forever and not wait, can't wait to leave, right? But things can be different. And this is a really, really good example of what the tournament can do for you. There's a buzz around the Pacers, and everyone knows they're not going to win the title. But does that mean everything they do between now and June is irrelevant? No. Right. I, I, it was awesome. It was an awesome game. But here's my, other, my big takeaway. The Pacers were tough. You never know... Teams have to have their medal tested before you really usually know. And usually that's the playoffs, right? Like we had to, you have to see a team in the playoffs. This is as close as you can get to a playoffs in the regular season, whatever this in-season tournament is. And they didn't blink. It was the first time they had to stare down the barrel of the gun. Right. And they did not blink. And not only did they not blink, my favorite moment was the four-point play that put them up four. Tyrese Halliburton hits the three. He gets fouled. The crowd goes nuts. And what I loved about it, fellas, he gets knocked down and didn't stay down. He got up immediately. Like, he didn't want the photos of him on the ground. He wanted to be up, and he walked around. And I just loved it. I know that's a silly little thing to like, but I like this idea of, like, I don't need help up. I don't need this. Like, I'm getting up, and I'm going to walk around the arena as it goes crazy, and I just loved it. But you know who else contributes to their toughness? Bruce Brown. If you look at that team and say, how many guys are comfortable in the moment where it's like, this possession means everything, and you need to get it? How many guys are comfortable with it? Tyrese Halliburton, very comfortable. That guy's a winner. That guy is a going to be a clutch player, I think, his whole career. Ups and downs, whatever, he's made for it. Bruce Brown is right there with me, uh, or right there with him. And I think guys like, you know, Neesmith, and, and there are other guys on that team that I look at and I say, okay, those guys have it. But Bruce Brown brings an awful lot of FU energy. When the Celtics made 8-0 runs, Bruce Brown didn't get more conservative or tighter or this or that. He just kept going for 
dunks and rebounds. Like he just kept going for the same home run plays he always goes for. And to me, it's one of the things that as I was watching that Pacers team and impressed with their toughness and with their metal, I was thinking, do the Nuggets, this was one of my big questions coming in, and we don't know the answer yet, do the Nuggets still have that? Bruce Brown gave them another guy and elevated their collective toughness. Do they still have that based on the guys that are still here? Or are they going to miss that? And that's something they need to cultivate out of Peyton, Julian, Christian, Reggie. Like they need to cultivate that throughout the season so that they don't have a deficiency. It's a good yeah. question. Yeah. I think they do, but they still have to cultivate some of it from some of those other guys. But speaking about Bruce Brown, I mean, we know this. Bruce is a crazy person. Like yeah. Bruce is kind of a psycho. In a good way. He's out on the court in between the lines. The dude is crazy. He, he's, he's, he's ridiculous, man. He, his motor never stops running. He's going 100 miles per hour every single time down the floor. He plays his heart out. And that's the only gear he knows. Like, he doesn't know anything else. And um, so he's a great fit there. I think Christian can bring a lot of that stuff, but he's younger. Yeah. And so I'd like, I guess there's a little more growing into it that he can do, but I think he can bring a lot of that. Yeah. I, but I do. I, it but there's something. He doesn't have the personality. Yeah. That's Bruce has a temperament of like, well, you know, that scene in the town, your, your movie where he's like, Jeremy Renner's like, uh, Whose car are we going to take? That's Bruce. Bruce is always like, hey, man, we got to take it into that's, the paint on the so ultimate true. room pretend. Yeah, he's like, whose car right, who's, are we taking? That's Bruce's energy. He's actually from Boston, too. Oh, so, so it kind of actually works really, really well. Um, does Denver have that guy? Not necessarily, but that's kind of what I mean with Christian growing into it. I think it's in his nature, but I kind of would like to see NBA Christian eventually have that. That, uh, I think Christian has a lot in it. Where you turn a lot of it in him, scream an expletive at the bench, and it turns into an all-time gif like that at the NBA yeah, level. Right. I think he can bring some of that. Uh, but they do. I mean, we forget Bruce really started the Lakers stuff. I mean, Malone had plenty to say, but Bruce was doing it on the floor, and then he was basically getting up there and saying, "Oh yeah, D'Angelo, like you think Mike can't guard? Like what's up, dude? Yeah. You know, we're calling you out and." There's nothing you can do about it, and that—that that is, he he vocalized it. I think in a way that the current Nuggets group doesn't. Yeah. Do you guys ever see the TikTok meme? This was a little while back, where a dad gets the you tell your daughters like, "There's these two girls out there and a dad, and we have to go fight them. I'm gonna fight the dad, and you have to fight the daughters, just to see how they would respond to it." Did you guys ever see this? No, missed that one. There was one video, and this this young daughter who they, they're like, "How big are they?" They're like, "You're same size. Let's go." And the one's like, "Yeah." we're going to fight and it's all pumped about it like excited it's kind of funny anyway that's bruce is that me. bruce, that's bruce. bruce is like, hey we gotta go fight these guys and he's like hell yeah like, let's fight hell yeah excited uh, all right yeah. let's take a break on the other side peyton watts i can't wait to talk p watt i have two comps that are so perfect it's gonna blow your mind <laughs> guys if you're looking for a great holiday gift check out breck distillery Breckenridge Bourbon is uh, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos ticket contest um, that's going on right now if you're entered. Also, check out the Broncos Blizzard, a new vodka commemorating the first white alternate alternate Broncos helmets. Breck Distillery, if you don't know, it's the world's highest distillery founded in 2008. Uh, They're most widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, a high rye mash American style whiskey. Breckenridge Bourbon is one of the most highly awarded craft bourbons in the U.S. It's great stuff. If you're looking for a holiday gift for your dad, for a friend, get them some uh, Breckenridge Distillery bourbon. They won't be upset. Go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com for home delivery of award-winning Breckenridge spirits. BreckenridgeDistillery.com. Illegal Pete's is the go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer, and the denizens of Ball Arena, the avalanche are back, the nuggets are back. Become the MVP of your watch party with Illegal Pete's from Queso Queso to burrito boxes and party marks. They've got you covered to feel your crew. And if you're out and about, especially for a Nuggets or an Avs game, bring your ticket into Illegal Pete's before or after any ticketed event, score a free house mark or draft beer with their sound check promo. Illegal Pete's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. It's been that way for 28 years. All righty, back here. Let's get into this Peyton Watson. Now, he has been having a nice run. Michael Malone shouting him out today, talking about what a nice run he's been on. 
a couple things real quick on him. He has the best defensive rating on the team, or I should say the Nuggets have the best defensive rating when he is on the court. That's a team stat. It's contextual, so we can't put too much weight in it. But that being said, it does tell you something. The Nuggets defend well when he's been on the court. He has the 12th best block rate of anybody in the NBA. The 11 players ahead of him, seven feet tall. Nice. All centers, and then you get Peyton Watson there, and then you get a bunch more centers. He blocks shots at an insane rate. And then you shared this one earlier, uh, Harrison. He leads the NBA in defensive field goal percentage. I mean, when he contests a shot, teams shoot worse than any other player defending the shot in the entire NBA. Yeah. So that's, that's a nice stat. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good little stat it's we have here. It's a good thing to lead the league in. It's a pretty good one. Now that we've watched him, I w- I've long said, like, we haven't, Peyton Watson doesn't, didn't have a lot of film coming out of college. Like, it was hard to scout him even after when he was drafted. Right. There wasn't, I mean, the G League stuff, there was a little bit, but him in particular, his mold of player in the G League is especially hard because it's like, is he really going to be scoring all these points and stuff? I don't know. Defensively, oh, he locked down guys that aren't good enough for the NBA. Like, impressive. So this year, to me, the 21-game sample size that we have is by far the most the telling information on him. And I feel like I finally see what type of player he's going to become. I, I see mm. the spectrum of types. Do you guys feel the same way? Yes. Yeah. I think we did. I personally felt like I had no idea what he was outside of the fact that there was length. I don't um, think he's Paul George. I'll say that. Yeah, definitely not that. Honestly, offensively, I still don't even really think I... Yeah, that, I, it's still a lot to find out. I wrote this in the grades recently. Like Some players dip into their bags to find points and Watson's offensive skill set kind of just lays in the floor like a pile. Like he's just as likely to trip over it as he is to find what he's looking for. Vote's but such a good writer, you defensively, guys. Defensively, we know what he is, and it's a disruptor through and through. It's a guy who can one-on-one match up with good ISO guys like you know Durant and Kawhi because of the length, but it's not there. There's a range to it. I think even smaller guys who can blow by him, the room for error is just ridiculous with his length. Yeah, uh, how for his sure. his instinct for blocking shots is ridiculous. So I now feel like okay, I've seen him be disruptive and block shots, but I've also seen him just toe to toe d up like on guys like Durant. And I do think you, what he is, is a guy who can guard guys like that in the playoffs. And even if that's the only thing you know about him, that's that's quite the skill. Let's get into some comparisons here. Wind, I came up with two comps. Two comps for Peyton Watson now that I've seen him. The first one, and both of these size comps, everything I think is somewhat uh, common. The first one is Matisse Thibel, who is one of the best defensive players in all of the NBA. Pretty much a zero on offense. He right. has no offensive right. game to him pretty much at all. Um, not fin- good finisher at the rim, whatever. But defensively, the guy's insane. He's one of the best on-ball defenders. He's one of the best shot-blocking guards or wings, and he is a disruptor. Not only is he a shutdown guy on-ball, but off-ball, he just rotates. He blocks shots. He protects the rim. He does so many things that if he had any offense to him, he would be like a surefire starter as a 3 and D player. That's how good the D portion is of his game. The other guy is Herb Jones, mm. who Herb Jones, as everyone knows, maybe the best perimeter defender in the NBA, you know, arguably, arguably like uh, just an incredibly impactful defensive player that shuts everyone down and is one of the toughest covers. So I felt like rather than worry about the offensive side, which we don't know, let's just talk about impact defenders. And we got one who's a zero on offense, Herb Jones, who is a good offensive player, like below Jaden McDaniels, I would say, but kind of comparable in terms of like, he can shoot. He's not like hopeless out there, but he's also not a guy you, your offense takes a little bit of a dip having him on. You need to make up for it. So let's forget about the offensive side because how you project Peyton on the offensive end is almost irrelevant to what Denver needs. If they got a Herb Jones out of Peyton Watson, a home run. That's a home run for the 30th pick if you got Herb Jones. I think he's not that far away from being Herb Jones on offense, to be be totally honest. I mean, his three-point shot, Probably not as great as Herb Jones is well, right now, but Herb Jones is like a 33% shooter, I think. Well, let's pull, well, let's pull this yeah. up. I wanted to compare similar age slash experiences here. So with Herb Jones, we're taking, I believe this is his rookie year, but he was 23 years old. He was a fully seasoned player. Peyton Watson, by the way, still 21, still yeah. one of the younger players in all of the NBA. 
Um, and if we look at this, this is per 100 possessions because guys like Herb Jones and Matisse Thibel played like 30 minutes on terrible teams right out the package. So it's a little bit of an advantage. But if we go per 100 possessions, try to normalize it, Peyton Watson is scoring about, you said he's almost Herb Jones offensively, pretty comparable, point, 0 0.9 points per 100 possessions. Yeah. You look at the rebounds, identical. Uh, you look at the assist, Herb Jones a little bit more. But again, you're playing with Nicola, so you're going to be more of an off-ball player just naturally. Oh, man, with your true shooting, you just you rounded to the – I can't tell what that is because <laughs> you rounded down to – So it had either a, somewhere between 50 and 60% true. Hold on. Let me pull them up here. I got them. I have them, I have them elsewhere in the data, I believe. Uh, I'll, we'll keep going on this. Steals. One point, uh, so he gets fewer steals than those other two guys, but look at the blocks, Good way Lord. more blocks, which is kind of a weird profile that you get so many more blocks. I don't know if it'll hold. Rebounding about the same, uh, and then you go to the advanced stats, and I love this, PER in the same ballpark, and then defensive blocks plus minus is what you really want to look at. These are two of the best defenders, and they were both older than Peyton Watson, and their numbers are more or less in line. Now, Matisse Thibel 3.1, that's insane. <laughs> Tybal's like such a different type of player, though. He's like such a weird defender. But I think Herb Jones is very similar to how Peyton Watson plays. Yeah. I uh, just wanted to highlight that Matisse Thybul is like might be the best perimeter defender in the NBA. He just can't play because he's so bad right. on offense. But he might be number and, one. Yeah. And I don't know if how much his style translates to the playoffs. But like Pwat and Herb Jones, man, that is just your your classic modern day versatile disrupting defender. I mean, yeah. we saw it this last weekend. He guarded Kevin Durant and then guarded De'Aaron Fox. I know. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He's insane. Um, I like, I think this comp though, showing how close he is to a Herb Jones caliber player, which by the way, Herb Jones starter, like major impact <laughs> player for the Pelicans. And I look at Peyton Watson and go, if you're that caliber of a defender, man, the number, like, in the argument for number one defender in the NBA, what a weapon. Yeah. Because, like, they have KCP right now who's not the best guard defender in the NBA. He's right. up there. He's very good. But you're not saying he's number one. You have Aaron Gordon, who I think is massively underrated and maybe in the conversation for most versatile, but, but I don't think number one. Herb Jones is in the conversation for number one. If Peyton Watson can be that caliber, right. to me, I've seen enough from Peyton to think that he is on – track albeit very 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 early but he is on track to be a type of guy that really does do what calvin booth predicted which is make the title window for the nuggets even wider the margin of victory of, of error for them even wider because you're putting out there a guy that basically cancels out one player in a playoff series yeah and the player herb jones is right now that's who i think peyton watson will be next season I think next He's season one year away. he'll be about what Herb Jones is now. But going beyond that, I think he's got way more upside. And Herb Jones is 25. so And the upside has some to do with that. Payne Watson's significantly younger. But also, I just think P. Watt's going to have more in his offensive toolbox than Herb Jones ever will. You know, part of Payne Watson's projection is what he can do on the other end of the floor. And I, I think the kind of player Payne Watson is right now where like three quarters, maybe even more of his impact is on the defensive end. I think that's who he's going to be for the next couple of years. But, you know, when he gets into his mid-20s, when he gets older, I think he's going to start to you know develop more of an offensive game than those two guys could even dream to have. Yeah, and the versatility is really interesting because Denver, what Denver kind of has at their 3-4 is, I don't want to say unprecedented in the league, but it's pretty rare, like that kind of size. Um, and then you, you throw Watson in there and these are all guys who are kind of like, you can play any two of those guys next to each other, uh, depending on what you need defensively. It might be offensively. It might be a bit rough next to Aaron, but like you could close some games with Watson instead of Mike, if you feel like you have to, per, because you can't get a stop on Kevin Durant or, right. or, you know, let's say eight out of 10 times Mike has given you what you need as like as a shooter and a rebounder, but it's one of those matchups like Houston where it just seems like they've really got it figured out in the pick and roll and he's struggling. Then you put Watson in there. And I, I think having a guy that 
they built a competent defensive unit, but having a, a star defender, an elite guy, not just a default answer, but a great answer to who guards player X, it, it goes a long way in their versatility because I think they're the pound for pound the best. Those five guys, like they're the best team in the league, but you want to make sure that you match up with everyone in the league. Minnesota is a good example of, is Denver better than Minnesota? Yeah, but part of Minnesota's gambit right now is we think we match up well with you. So making sure, like a guy like Watson developing just sort of gives you the widest ground you can cover of like how well we match up. Um, Peyton Watson to me, I think, ha I mean, we talked about this the other day, but I just think he clearly has the higher upside of all of the Denver's young players because projecting to be the best defender, you know, in the NBA, like his upside being high enough to maybe be that, that big of a defensive impact. I talked about him comparing him to a guy like Gerald Wallace, one of, I think, three players to average two steals and two blocks in a game. Just enormously impactful. Gerald Wallace, I think, played with more reckless abandon. He had Bruce Brown energy, whereas I think Peyton Watson is more like Herb Jones energy, where he's more controlled almost, like, you know, more uh, I, I, in, a, in a way. So, but then on top of that, when you talk about his offense, Harrison, it's more important to think about his offense, to me, more important to think about his offense within the context of Jokic. Because I don't know that the Nuggets are ever going to need him to like carry a second unit or to, you know, whatever. I think it's more about is he going to be able to be a good cutter? I think he's on his way to being that. Is he going to be a good finisher? He's you no know, has some work to do, but there's no reason he shouldn't be a phenomenal finisher at the NBA level. Is he going to be a good shooter? We'll find out, maybe. And is he going to be a good enough ball handler to be able to run secondary ball screens? That's the part to me where I, that's where his offensive ceiling really unlocks. I think he can always be a good finisher and whatever, but I think he could be a really good ball handler where it's yeah. like, hey, man, he's actually now the primary initiator for certain actions because he's such a good passer and finisher when Yoke has all that gravity. Yeah. And maybe we'll start to see some of that stuff later this season. Maybe we'll start to see it next year. You do get the feeling, though, right now, P. Watt's got a mindset of, like, all right, here's what the Nuggets need from me. Here's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm just going to defend and make hustle plays. And maybe as he builds more trust with the coaching staff, if this run that he's on right now continues for the next couple weeks into the next couple months, maybe that's when we can see him start to really maybe try to unleash some of the offensive stuff in his game. Um but it will come, I think. And yeah, he's always, at least if he's going to be in Denver, he's always going to be in the Jokic system and, and playing off Nicole Jokic and um, read and reacting and, and stuff like that. And his length, his athleticism, it's kind of perfect for that system too. What about this vote? How confident are you that Peyton, because the Nuggets need him this year. I, I kind of feel like he's now a major inflection point in the Nuggets this year. Christian and and uh, Reggie, to me, are pretty, like, we know what we get from them. Christian can continue to grow, and that would be huge for Denver. But even if he doesn't, all right, you're solid. You're solid. Peyton Watson right now, I'm just not sure if he's a playoff guy. Because there's just more room to go. You know, like, we got we got to figure it out. But the best version of him, the version you could say, like, okay, if he just is the best player that we know he can be at this very stage if he gets there by this year i'm like oh man phoenix suns beal kevin durant booker you need a lot of bodies you need a lot of defenders he is like maybe the best one to throw on some of those guys they need him yeah or just you know yokes off the floor but durant's still out there right, right? we throw peyton out there and it's obviously you know you're just hoping to kind of tread water and muck it up during that stint i i think yes the best version of him is very easily playable in that it's look you're just going to be you're going to need to get stops on the best shooters and the best players and Peyton is an outlier level defender I think offensively I'm it's pretty far away for me like it's really chaotic and and almost um like wide-eyed and frantic but that's not unexpected and I think right now it's not you Malone's even said he's not checking percentages you know they're not really coaching him up on that end right now so much as it's Go out there and just put put the pedal to the metal and make an impact that way. So I understand the point about, like, there's some work to do before you trust him in a playoff environment. But defensively, I mean, I think everyone that watches the Nuggets every night can see it at this point. Right well, now they just need his offense or his defense. I yeah. actually think the offense, his trajectory should mirror Christian Brown's. And I think it was interesting that 
Uh, Bennett Dorado at the Denver Post had a quote from him in his article today that I thought was very good where he said, I've been studying Peyton's year last year for myself. Christian's? Or, or Christian. Peyton has been studying Christian's year because one of the things I keep reminding myself was how slow progress was for Christian. Like, you want everything now, but it's like, nope, these things take time and whatever. And look, Christian had a good year, and he's trying to internalize him for himself. I think that's great because I think one of the turning points on the year for, for Peyton this year has been Malone telling him, after that, I can't remember which game it was. Saying that Houston, the Houston game. That's what we need from you every night. Oh no, that. I thought you were going a different direction with that. I thought you were saying when he said he was going to play different guys off his bench. Oh no, no, no. So it was right after that, right? It, <laughs> it was, was the game after that, San Antonio. Yeah. And I just feel like it clicked for him where it was like, oh yeah, don't worry about these other things. Just go out there and make plays yeah. defensively. And so for me. I think I don't want him worried about what we're talking about his timeline on offense. I don't this year's not at all about right, those things. Right. It's about get that defensive base and then in the offseason, all right, we're gonna work on pick and roll because those other things will become innate. Though you won't have to think about them after one season. It's almost I remember when we were always talking about Michael Porter Jr. coming into this team and into this rotation, and he's got all these tools, he's got all this stuff in his bag. The Nuggets just need him to do Right. Make sure what like they need him to do like they, he they, he just needs to be a shooter you know he just needs to be a guy who make makes threes just needs to be a guy who fits into the system um, it's kind of the same with all the role players that come into Denver yeah just do what we need you to do to win a championship then in the off season try to expand your game and come back to the team and you'll you know we'll see what you have yeah just do what we need you to do to win a championship and to fill your role and. It does seem like over the last week, man, P. Watts realized what that is, and it's been beautiful. And there's always this chance. Like when you'd say, I think the 80 to 20th to 80th percentile opportunity for Peyton this year is that he falls somewhere in this, like he's made himself into a good defender, and now Malone can trust him for between 8 and 17 minutes in a playoff series, depending on where he falls on that spectrum. But there is this, like, top-end 20th percentile outcome where he actually takes this leap as a defender to where it's like, nope, he's already one of the best options for throwing at certain types of defenders. And in a playoff series, he's actually at a 22, 23, 24 minutes per game because he cancels out a Devin Booker, something nobody did last year, really in the whole playoffs, but certainly on Denver. And he's the type of guy that's like, oh, you look at the numbers after two games against the Suns, and Devin Booker's shooting 35% from the field when guarded by Peyton Watson. And the, it's like, yeah, that's sustainable. The Kings game really stands out to me because no one could stop De'Aaron or Malik yeah. Monk. And those are two guards. I know Monk's a little taller and longer, but in theory, should be too far, too small. For, for Watson to be able to hang with them after just coming off that Kevin Durant performance. But he yeah. was their best option against either one. Yeah. And to me, like, that's... Like, we remember Gary, and he saved that Utah series D'ing up on Donovan Mitchell, and then he couldn't play the next series because he was too small, or, like, what was his matchup? Peyton won't have that problem. You know, like, two through, two through four, if they're elite players, even maybe one through four, like, he can probably still hang... And that's, it's just a different level of, as far as the potential, it's just a different level of elite defense. Yeah. All right, let's take a last quick break because I do want to do this quickly on the other side with the comps for Christian Brown and Julian Strother. When you get hurt, Baxton Shanker is here to help. Baxton Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win your case. No upfront fees for speaking with them about your case. No fees while they work on your case. You just pay them when they get you money when they win your case and they've won over $1 billion for their clients. No matter where you're at in the greater Denver area or really in Colorado, they have a neighborhood office, probably somewhere close to you. Denver, Aurora, Englewood, Fort Collins. They got more than 30 lawyers and 100 people on staff. Baxton Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you were not at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, and ride share, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. Give them a call. 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. We don't settle for anything less than the best these days in Denver, especially here at DNVR, which is why we've linked up with the best roofers. Talking about Red Hawk roofing, baby. With quality materials, decades of experience. Play the sound. Yeah. Oh, man, I missed it. Quick response. It sounded like the other times. Quick response time. Colorado's best estimators and contractors. Huge DNVR supporters, which is my favorite part. 
It's cool to have roofers. Like one, it's it? cool to have fellows on your roof. It's cooler when you can yell nugget stuff at them and they like they respond, you know? Uh, so like, not while you, they're on like a ladder or something. What do you think about Zeke Naji? And they're like, I'm more of a DeAndre guy. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how it works? Free, no obligation, roof and property inspections, free in-depth photo reports for all inspections. Winter nope. is coming. Don't wait to take care of any issues before the big storms hit. If you're looking for a new roof over your home or business, be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing at redhawkroofing.com. Uh, all right, back here, final segment. Let's talk quickly now about Julian Strother. The two comps I came up, and sticking with the tradition of only picking people from the Pelicans, I went with Trey Murphy and Kevin Huerter. Kevin Huerter. Trey Murphy, one of my favorite players in the NBA. He's one of your guys. He's one of my guys. And if we <laughs> roll the clock back to Trey Murphy's age 21 season, you're going to see, again, these are per 100 possessions because Trey Murphy was on a bad team. But you're looking at the numbers. Pretty comparable points-wise, 20.4 to 19.1. Rebounds, Trey Murphy, better rebounder. Uh, assist, Julian Strother, a little bit better assister. And then you got the true shooting percentage there. It's early. Julian Strother, rookies usually, like, you come out the gate. He, he I think, will shoot better. But that 50% to 56%, basically, for Trey Murphy is interesting. And then everything else, like, you're talking about some pretty comparable numbers here. Offensive box plus minus. Uh way lower I, a lot of the box plus minus stuff yoke swallows up a lot of it so these guys are just in different roles they're naturally going to be a little bit lower i like this comp but what i really like trey murphy he's like in the top tier of my all envy role players list i love trey murphy julian strother becomes trey murphy <laughs> oh my god Nuggets yeah. are in great hands i like the kevin herder comp I don't know if I see the Trey Murphy comp as much as because don't you see? the defense, the the length, like Trey Murphy seems longer and he seems like more of a natural three. And I feel like Strother's more of a natural two. Um, Kevin Herter, though, like I, I totally see that just as like the pure catch and shoot threat. Yeah. The guy who's always moving around takes like 0.1 seconds to get off his shot. Um, can relocate super quick That's off the, the catch like love. that. Yeah. Um, they both have interesting hairstyles. Um, <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I like it. The off-ball movement thing would be really cool. The Nuggets, yeah. I think for all the shooters they have, they it's too easy for them to just hit and find a stationary guy in the corner not to do that as often as they do. Or Jokic or Jamal does something else. Um, but it is fun watching some teams who like they have certain players who will work so hard to get open off ball or they have all these neat ways they can get them open off ball. And Strother is a guy who doesn't hesitate at all. So that's kind of a fun. The herder one's really fun. The relocating is really fun. There's also great cuts to be had off of those like they're called strong pin downs. Two guys pin down for one player. The ball's usually on the opposite side. Either of those guys can slip. You can curl cut and that come around. Like there's a lot of ways to confuse defenses where Yoke's like. The best that oh you turned your head for the wrong second yep. bounce pass there it is and he can see that stuff like Julian yeah. can read that stuff I yeah. think he's a smart player and I've said this a few times but I've been intrigued by what he looks like when he puts the ball on the floor more than I expected um, so but the the herder one is is cool it'd be cool for them to have a player like that yeah um, so I love that one I Julian Strother I'm also really high on though this is the thing is both yeah, of those guys one of your guys Kevin Herder is a starter on a good team. Trey Murphy is a starting caliber player on a good team. Both of those guys, to me, are very good role players. And if he has anything close to either of them or somewhere in between the two, then I think Denver is in an incredible spot, man, because Julian projects to be a bench player. And if you have that kind of length and shooting off the bench that, that can play like those guys can, I just think it's something incredible. And then on the last guy, Christian Brown here, we've cut his upside hasn't really changed. I had three comps for him, only used two. Jalen Suggs I kind of like, but he's a young player. I think that Jalen Suggs is it's too hard to comp because they're both young. But if you go with Josh Hart and OG Ananobi, uh, OG Ananobi, same height, but a way different wingspan, seven foot two. That's part of what makes OG Ananobi so special. Josh Hart, a little bit shorter, six five, but the same wingspan, six seven. So somewhere in between height wise these two players but fellas we go all the way down here to defensive uh box plus minus i can't tell which one is defensive box plus minus it's the the last one it's the last one the last it's not 0 0.9 for christian brown is it 
I thought Christian Brown had a positive one because he's the second highest on the team. Yeah, I don't know if these numbers are right there, Kale. Oh, no, it is. 0 0.9. He has a 0 0.9 one. Classic. Just throwing Kale under the bus. Kale's like, Kale's like, I know that they are, but I'll wait for you to get there yeah, yeah, on yeah. your own. Well, I'm trying to figure out, does Denver really have... Oh, no, Peyton. Well, I was confusing him and Peyton Watson. Peyton Watson had the yeah, second best defensive go. box plus minus on the Nuggets roster. Uh, KCP right behind him, Aaron Gordon, and then Christian Brown a little bit lower. Dude, I see a lot of Josh Hart's game and Christian Brown. Yep. The rebounding. That's yep. it. Crashing the That's glass. It. Um, the inconsistent shooting. I see a lot of that in Josh Hart and Christian <laughs> Brown's game. Could it a huge shot? Could brick so hard <laughs> off the frame. But he's bigger than Josh Hart. Yeah, six 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 five. Yeah, and they both come. I mean, we're talking about Villanova guy who all the Villanova guys are super smart, but Christian Brown, a Kansas guy, you know, he's also very smart. So I think I think that comp is is really really good. God, um, Tom Thibodeau would love Christian Brown. He really the, the Josh Hart one is so true. That how many there's two to three Josh Hart rebounds a game where the play by play guy whoever just loses their minds. Yeah, you know what I mean. This is just a winning player, and Christian has is dripping in that stuff. Yeah, dripping. In I it. will say though, Christian Brown. Better athlete than Josh Hart. Yeah. Like when he's attacking. And OG, the, honestly, he's not yeah. strong. But when Christian Brown's attacking the rim, I'm like, he might just jam it on this dude. Yeah. I don't feel that way with Josh Hart yeah. or OG Ananobi. Yeah. Um, he, Christian Brown, is, people forget because he's white. Christian Brown is like top 1% NBA athlete, man. He's, he's a, a free, ridiculous he's a real, athlete. Real free yeah. athlete. Yeah. So I kind of like this come. So if we just sit here and go, okay, we thought Peyton Watson has the upside to be a Herb Jones-type defender. We think that Christian Brown, in between a Josh Hart, OG Ananobi defender, I mean, he doesn't have the 7-2 wingspan, which is obviously a big difference, but in between those two kind of guys, sure. right? His athleticism both, makes up for it. Both starting caliber defensive aces guys, Herb Jones, starting caliber defensive ace, and then whichever way you want to go on the trade with, with Julian Strother, Herder, or Trey Murphy, Probably somewhere in between defensively of those two guys, offensively maybe a little bit closer to a herder. That's three players that are starting caliber players that Denver has in their stable that we think can be there in short order. That to me is really exciting. And if you look at this and say, as second year players, all of those comps were impact caliber players by second year. I just think that Denver right now is on. Like, I buy the vision that Calvin Booth has kind of sold us on. I buy the vision that those are guys that should not take a long time to be ready and whose upside is nobody's going to be talking about them this way, but their upside is all of those types of players who everyone covet. Remember Josh Hart? Everybody, every fan base wanted Josh Hart. OG Ananobi's been on the market for three years. Every team has done CB everything can they can CB to be, can be on that. the trade uh, trade market. And then Herb Jones, nobody even puts him in the trade machine because they just assume that New Orleans would never trade him. That's incredible if you somehow got those guys all in the back half of their drafts. What's great about these three guys we're talking about, too, is you've got Peyton Watson, who's the – he might be able to give you something defensively in the playoffs this year. He probably will. But his upside is through the roof. Yeah. His upside could still be, you know, Andre Iguodala-esque. Then you've got Julian Strother, who maybe his upside is like a step down from that, but – He's ready-made. Like, he's so solid coming into the league as, like, a 21-year-old rookie, already battle-tested. You know what you're getting. And then you've got Christian Brown, who might not even have the upside of those two. But is the but most ready out of the package. Was the most ready to go out of the package. You've got these three levels of prospects. And that, I think, adds to the genius of what Calvin Booth did. He got the three perfect role players, but he also got three guys who have varying levels of yep. NBA readiness, but upside as well. It's just the perfect mix of three guys. What's most different about the bench this year to me is I was always buckled up for a turbulent run of the unit. Just the non-Jokic minutes, I think, are always going to be um, a bumpy ride. But as you break down piece by piece, like the individual players that fill out the roster, it's easily the most intriguing it's been, yeah. right? The five, six, seven, eight guys, like yeah, that's a great. They're point. way more intriguing. We talked groups, ourselves into Trey Lyles for a while there, right? Well. Like, those groups weren't going anywhere, you know. They weren't good, and they weren't going anywhere. Yeah. And this this group, even when they're not good, you can talk yourself into where they're headed, and that's that's fun. It's a fun place to be in. Yeah. All right, that does it for today's show. Oh, we do have a Laking Ball had to give us a sad super the best chat. part of my oh, night last man. night. I checked my replies on Twitter, and Laking Ball, you were right, Bevo. The oh, Celtics. Man. Late game execution errors. They'll never go anywhere. 
Here he goes, paying money to let us know. So everyone knows how big of a Celtics fan I am. And I seriously think wow. we saw a preview in how the Celtics will flame oh. out once again in the playoffs. All it took was one in-season tournament <laughs> game for you to be off the Celtics? First well, of all, it was, it was a loud game. First of all, he's right. <laughs> he's right. Uh, that's, that's what we've been trying to tell you. And I, You uh. know what that Celtics team is? A Joe Missoula team, man. But that's it. You know what? It's That's a Joe Missoula team. They, I would just say he came in there as the new analytics forward guys. They sure jack a lot of threes and they don't execute on inbound up. passes. They definitely don't know what they're doing in the final four minutes of a game. They gave up five points on inbound passes in the final, in the clutch oh, last dude, night. That, One was at the rim, and you're like, what are you doing, you guys? Would uh, never have happened on the And then Tatum took a, a fadeaway over a double and airballed it from the right baseline. <laughs> like, that's what you want. Hey, Drew Hanlon loved that shot, though. That's, that's a good shot. <laughs> that's a good shot, man. He's he worked, on, worked on it for a lot. Oh, we're trolling. It's, uh, it's fun to troll. All right. Yeah, outro music. Guys, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Guess what tomorrow is? Nuggets are back. Game day. Tomorrow oh, is a game let's day. Let's go. Remember when we made it through a whole off season? We that just had hard. two off off day shows, and it was like, Ugh. I know, I missed the Nuggets. It's not just a game day, man. It's a Clippers game that's day. Clippers. Yeah, that's we get is. to play the yeah. Clippers again. Oh, Thank you, Adam Silver. What a treat. You cooked with this schedule, man. <laughs> Thank you. I cannot wait for tomorrow night. God, I love the Clippers. All, All right, right. It's, it's should a be a treat. Fun. Should be a fun one. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Hit that like button on the way out.